0: copyrighted program created by Rio Brandy. Plus, the county
1: sheriff's office calling all cars, attention, all cars to broadcast 260 regarding a fire. Assist the officers. That is all. harm <laughs>
0: Brandy unconditionally guarantees that Lube, the 100% serapin based motor oil, will not break down under any engine heat or car speed, but will give your motor protective lubrication at long years with life and lower cost of operation. In order to fulfill this guarantee, Lube must be perfectly pure, hence the tamper proof, refinery sealed can. And that's the only way Rio Lube is sold. Dark oil catches dust and grip, and dust and grip ruins any motor in time. At only a quarter of four, you can protect your motor throughout its lifetime and feel secure in the knowledge that with Rio Grande-class gasoline, you are giving your car and your pocketbook the best that money can buy. See your Rio Grande dealer at the red and white station tomorrow. The story we are about to hear was taken from the confidential files of the Sheriff of Fassel County. We have therefore asked Sheriff Elmer H. Gum of Auburn to open our program. The case we are to hear tonight was one of the most interesting in the history of California jurisprudence. This case is interesting in that it was the first trial in which the science of ballistics was employed to prove that a specific weapon was used to commit a murder. Another significant outgrowth of this case was the law which was enacted by the California legislature prohibiting the inheritance of money or property by a person who had committed a crime for that purpose. As a matter of record, this crime, as all others with which I have come into contact, was a most unprofitable affair. How the criminal was brought to justice, we shall learn as our program progresses. Our scene, The Gallows Room, a fulsome prison. The time, 10.30 on the morning of September 6th, 1905. Come on, Weber. Find the walk. No. No. Have you Dett, can you? Now, right, so that's all been decided. Come along. Cut out the dramatics. I didn't... Do it, sir know
2: I didn't do it. I didn't do
3: it.
1: Yes, sir. I'll wait. Pull yourself together, son. What time is it? Almost ten thirty.
2: May I send one more wire? You can't hang an innocent man.
0: If you want to, take the wire. Okay. What is it, weather? Send it, to my friends. Send it to all of them you have got to help me. What do you want to
3: say?
2: Uh, prevent execution. Indentity. Anything. Wire me. Answer it once.
0: All right.
1: Let's go.
2: Then, that as fast as you can or you'll be hanging an innocent man.
0: Come on, Weber. You stole long enough.
2: But I tell you, I'm innocent. I didn't
3: do it.
0: I... Up those steps, Weber.
1: you want to go with him, Father? Yes. Let me help you, son. You I'm innocent, don't you, Father? You know I am, don't you? It isn't for me to say I am not your judge. Come over here.
2: No, no, I'm innocent.
1: Have you help me fix this hood? Is there anything you wish to say, my son?
3: I didn't do it.
1: Before God is my judge, I didn't do it. You me with me and pray <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Dear Heavenly Father, forgive this boy and his error. He knew not what he did. Uh, we are all children and make many mistakes, some more serious than others.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so as this boy, Adolf Welder, stands on the threshold of the great adventure, <laughs> help him in the light hereafter to atone for his wrongdoing. Amen. Even you believe I killed him. Put this over your head.
2: The telegram! The telegram! You've got to wait for the telegram!
1: What time is it, please? Fifteen seconds to 10.30. Fifteen seconds. A lifetime.
0: you better leave the platform, Father. Fifteen <laughs> seconds. Fifteen seconds to
3: nine. They've got to save
2: me. The whole trial was a fake. They're all trumped up charges. They all lied. i I didn't do it. The trial was broken. I'm innocent.
3: Damn
2: it.
0: Attorney George Hamilton for the state of California and the people will give his closing argument.
3: <coughs>
0: Your Honor, <coughs> gentlemen of the jury, we have before us a question to answer. A question that can have but one answer. Is that man sitting over there, Adolf Weber? Guilty or not guilty, he is charged with murder. Think that over, gentlemen. That man sitting clumped over in his chair with a smirking grin spread across his face is charged with the willful and wanton killing of his own mother. He is suspected of murdering his father and his sister and his brother. And we'll be tried for those crimes later. But at present, we are concerned only with the shooting of Mary Weber. Let's go back and review the case from the start to the present. On the evening of November 4th, 1904, a fire broke out in the Weber home on the hill overlooking Auburn. The fire department rushed to the scene and fought desperately. A few minutes later, it was discovered that there were four people trapped in the raging inferno. Julius Weber, his wife Mary Weber, their daughter Bertha Weber, and their youngest son Earl Weber. The work of rescuing these four people was started immediately. Clarence Gear and George Ruth carried the bodies out. Take way, give
3: me room.
0: I've got Miss Weber. Stand back, everybody! Give her air. Lay her out here, Clarence. Here comes George. Ruthless Bertha. Keep back, everybody!
2: Somebody help me! Get
0: a doctor! Get Doctor Rooney! Do it you can. I'm going back after the oh, room. He's still in there. You can't go back in there. You'll be killed. I'll be back in a minute. Where's Adolph? Is he in there, too? No, he's sitting over
2: there under the
0: magnolia tree. I guess he must be stunned by all this. Hey, Adolf, are you all right?
2: Now where's he going? What's he going
0: to do with that bundle? Here comes Doctor Rooney. Get back, folks. All right. Let him through. All right. I got here just as soon as I could. Uh, somebody bring me some water. Are uh, they still alive, Doctor?
2: Look! Adolf just threw that bomb through the dining window. He's
3: They to
0: try and eat this little
3: brother.
0: I can't oh, find any signs know. of life in either body. They're both pretty badly burned, too. Let him go. Here's Earl. I couldn't find Mr. Weber. Let me see him. Oh, this poor boy. This He's fallen. Is he dead, Tudor? I can't tell. Hello, Doctor. Are they all dead? Hello, Adolf. Dead? Yes, my boy, I'm afraid they are. They're all pretty badly burned. They haven't been rescued just when they were... sure they're dead? Yes, positive.
3: You look very brave to try to help rescue the neighbors. Huh? What
0: do you mean?
3: saw you throw that bundle through the window and break it, if the fire hadn't suddenly cleared up, I, I'm sure you would have saved your little brother.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. I was trying to rescue him. I was going to climb in the window and drag him (laughs) out. The fire was too hot. And so these three bodies were taken from the blazing house. The body of Julius Weber was not found until the next day. Now there are two points of importance in what I have just told you. One is that Adolf Weber didn't attempt to help in the rescue work. Edna Fulton has testified that he sat under the magnolia tree and viewed the scene as a spectator. The other point is the throwing of the bundle through the window of the living room, or the dining room, rather. That bundle on Adolf Webber's own statement was a pair of trousers. Why did the defendant throw them through the window? Edna Fulton testified that she thought he intended climbing into the room and saving his brother Earl's life. Clarence Gere testified that he found the body of Earl in the dining room, as were the bodies of Mary and Bertha Webber. How did the defendant know Earl was there? The dining room was shut up and did not start to blaze until Weber broke the window and created a draft. Remember that, gentlemen. Adolf Weber knew the bodies were in the dining room. The following day, a discovery was made in the coroner's office.
1: Sheriff Keener was
0: called in and acquainted with him. Let me get this straight. You say, Dr. Rooney, that they were all dead before the fire started? Yes. Mary Webber was shot through the heart. Bertha Webber was shot in the chest, and so were Julius Webber and Earl. Oh, Have you got the bullets? Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Here they are. Hmm.
0: Four slugs from a .45. Uh-huh. I found one in Mrs. Webber's body and one in Bertha's body. And Mr. Webber was killed by one, Earl by the other. Who do you think did it? Don't well, ask me. It's your job, sir, Territina. Well, your guess is as good as mine, Doctor. It might have been murder and suicide. Old Julius could have done it. Yeah, it's possible. But then again, what would be his motive? There was never any trouble in that family that I ever heard about. Did you? No. Once I ever did. Might have been a robber. Well, I thought of that, too. But on the other hand, I don't forget. They were all shot from in front. Now, oh, it seems reasonable to suppose one of them might have tried to run away. Certainly, a stranger couldn't have gone from room to room and one after the other shot the whole family without so much as causing a stir. That's sound reasoning, Sheriff sure huh? Might Mighty sound. But there's still this question to answer Who did it? Uh, let's see. Adolph wasn't there. He was downtown, so he couldn't have done it. Julius, the father, could there, though. Doesn't make sense. There's no motive. Uh, if there'd been some money involved, there might be a... Hey, what's happened to you? That might be the motive. Money. I'll get you. Who'd received the bulk of the estate in the event that Mr. Weber died and there was no remaining heirs? Thank uh, By golly, Sheriff, I believe you're right. I know I am. And then again, Adolf has an alibi and can prove it. Maybe. Edna Fulton was at the Webber house and left about 5.30 that evening. The fire was discovered about 6.30, one hour later. Now, Adolf said he took his usual evening walk, round back of town and then down into town. Suppose he was lying, and had hightailed it straight down Brewery Lane. But can you prove it? Well, if that's what he did, I'll prove it. <laughs> In the course of his investigation, Sheriff Keenan questioned Joe Powell, clerk at the American Hotel. Now, think hard, Joseph. Real hard. Well, you see... Adolph, he come in here one night this week, but so much has happened in such a short time. I can't just remember what night it was. Adolph uh, came in here at the American Hotel often, didn't he? Oh, sure. That's why I can't remember that November 4th. But he was in here this week. Now, you're sure about that? Oh, I'm dead sure on that, because I was back in the washroom doing some cleaning up in there, and he comes in, and see, he didn't see me and start to wash his hands. Well, I spoke to him, and a Scared him so bad he ran out the door. He didn't dry his hands or tree. He didn't even turn off the tap. He just didn't strike you as odd. Uh, well, it, you know, looked kind of crazy at the time, but I didn't think no more about it. I just, what did you do after he left? And I, oh, let's okay. I finished cleaning up in there and went out to the front of the desk. Uh, well, then what happened? I <laughs> don't just remember. Seems to me something happened, but I could just, uh, wait a minute. Say, so that was the night of the fire. Sure, I remember now, because I got hailed Columbia for not staying at the desk out there. That's all I wanted to know. Clark, May. Clark, had additional information on in
3: the case. Well, you, see, Sheriff. I was coming up Brewery Lane from the American when lost passed going down. He seemed in kind of a hurry and didn't even hardly speak to me.
0: Did you notice anything strange? No,
3: Certainly seemed in a hurry. Oh, yeah. They he had a bundle under his arm. Must have been that pair of pants he showed through the dining room window.
0: Uh, what time was that? Well,
3: it was just before the fire.
0: Are you sure? Sure,
3: I'm sure. I was expecting a, a friend of mine at 6.30, so I, I know it was just before the fire. That's why I was going back to my room. Well,
0: thanks, Ray. You've given me a lot of help. Well,
3: if I can give any more help to you again, why, just let me know, Sheriff.
0: With this information, Tina sent for Weber. I left the house soon after Edna Fulton did. I walked across the hill, back of town, then turned back and walked down the hill into town. You didn't walk down Dory Lane to the American? I told you how I walked. Were you in the American Hotel just before the fire alarm was sounded? I might have been. I got in there frequently. Did you see anyone on your walk? No. Did you see anyone with the American? I didn't say I was there. That's right, you didn't. Uh, what were you carrying a pair of pants under your arm for? Well, I torn a hole in them. I was taking them down to the tailors to see if he had another pair to match them. He was clothed. Why did you throw that same pair of pants through the dining room window at the fire? That should be obvious to a man of your intelligence, Sheriff. Hmm. Perhaps more obvious than thing. think. Oh, interesting. You don't by any chance suspect me of killing my entire family, do you? Uh, one other thing. Who receives a Weber Fortune? Why, I do, of course. I'm the sole surviving heir. How much was it? Well, I can't say that it's any of your business, but it's around seventy thousand dollars. Seventy thousand dollars? Tidy little fortune, Adolf Weber. I arrest you for the murder of your mother, your father, your sister, and your brother. All right, boy, take him out and lock him up. And so, with the information he had gained, Sheriff Keener arrested Adolf Weber oh. on suspicion of murder. Inasmuch as it is not possible to try a man for more than one crime at a time in the state of California, we are therefore trying the defendant first for the murder of his mother. Mary Webber, and gentlemen of the jury, I thank God that Julius Webber is dead. I thank God that Bertha Webber and this defendant's little brother are dead. I thank God that we do not have to see them come into this courtroom and from that witness stand with tears running down their cheeks describe Adolf Webber's crime. I give thanks to a beneficent providence that these persons are dead, that they do not have to come here to swear away the life of this man. <laughs> but to resume our review of the facts, a few days later, one of Sheriff Keenan's men found the gun that was used to commit these murders, a gun from which four bullets had been fired. The defense asked to see proof that this was the weapon Adolf Weber used. We proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt. As you recall, we summoned Howard Carr from San Francisco. He is a recognized expert on firearms. The defense has out us to prove that this was the gun used to murder Mary Weber. Very well. Boys, will you stand that bale of cotton over by the wall? Yeah. Now, Mr. Carr, if you'll explain to the just what you intend doing, please. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Hamilton. I have here in my hand the four slugs taken from the dead bodies of Julius Weber, his wife, his daughter, and his younger son. After placing these under a microscope, I observed that there were certain markings, certain identical markings on each bullet. Then, I examined the barrel of the revolver and discovered the cause of these markings there was a slight obstruction on one side that left the groove on each slug as it passed through the barrel. These markings were so small (coughs) that they could only be seen with the aid of a powerful microscope. I was convinced that these four slugs were fired from this pistol. But to further prove the fact, I fired several more bullets from this same gun. And after examining them closely... I found them to be grooved identically like the fatal bullets marked as Exhibit B. And now, Mr. Carr, are you ready to demonstrate to the court what you've just said? Yes, sir. Very well. Proceed. As you can observe, gentlemen, we've placed a thick bale of cotton against the opposite wall into which Mr. Howard Carr will fire four bullets. Proceed. Now, gentlemen of the jury, it is your privilege to examine for yourselves the four bullets taken from the bodies and then the four that have just been fired and are being removed from the bale of cotton. Look closely, and you will see that they all look alike. Definite proof, gentlemen, that all eight bullets were fired from the same gun. And let me remind you that this gun was found in the Weber barn among Adolf Weber's personal effects. And one other point: the empty cartridges were found nearby, where this steam threw them. Now If you step down one at a time, you may all look through this microscope and see for yourself. So you have all looked through the microscope and have seen for yourselves that this undoubtedly was the gun from which the fatal bullets were fired. Hard it is to believe that a man can kill his mother. All that he has, he owes to her. It was she who bore him, reared him, fought him, and promised herself that in her old age he'd be a comfort and joy to her. I say it is hard to believe that a man can kill his mother. But I say to you also that if there is such a man upon the face of this earth, that man sits here. (laughs) Let me once more reconstruct the crime for you. The father, Julius Weber, was in the kitchen closet. His sister, Bertha Weber, was playing the piano and singing. The mother, Mary Weber, was putting the younger brother, Earl, to bed. It was then that this fiend, with gun in hand, deliberately and calmly walked up to his father and without the slightest hesitation. Looking for something? Huh? Oh, hello, son. Why, well, yes, I used to have to. The... Adolf, <laughs>
3: What
0: are you doing with that gun? <laughs> what are you doing? down,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and now, little sister, I shall that you will make
0: it. <laughs> Bertha? Bertha, turn around a minute.
2: Oh,
3: hello, Bertha. I'll just... Now, I see he is his brother. What happened Adolf? <laughs> Didn't I hear shot him? Adol. Adolf. Adolf, what's happened? What's the <laughs> matter with Bertha? Nothing mother. I just shot her. do So Put that gun down. Don't point it at me. <laughs> oh. Mother. Mother. It's all right, Earl.
2: Be quiet. I'll be right up. Just a minute,
3: I'll
1: tend to Now, what's all the record about, Earl?
3: Where's Mother?
1: Never mind, your Mother.
3: What you got in your hand? Again. What you
1: going
3: to? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so he carried his brother, his sister, and his mother down to the dining room. His father, he left in the kitchen closet. Then after carefully setting fire to the house, he started across the hills and then doubled back into town. And there, he had the nerve to calmly eat an ice cream soda. But he made one mistake. He left the dining room shut up and since a fire needs a draft, that room failed to burn. When Adolf Weber returned to his burning home, he made this discovery and quickly made his way to the dining room window and threw his trousers at the window and broke it, thereby causing a draft, and the room burst into flames. He served a double purpose by this act as he wished to rid himself of telltale tale evidence. Although he denied it, it seems reasonable to assume he wished to rid himself of these trousers because they were splashed with blood. In conclusion, gentlemen of the jury, there is one more vital fact that you must not overlook, and that is that Adolf Weber is the sole heir to a seventy thousand dollar estate. That supplies his motive. Now you have all the facts before you. Why he killed, how he killed, and the gun he killed with. Every point, every step dovetails perfectly. As citizens of this state, I implore you to do your duty. Give this man who sits even now sneering and smirking while I talk... Give this man the justice he deserves. Give him the same quality of mercy that he gave his mother as she knelt before him begging for her life
2: The justice of my telegram. I've got to save me. The whole trial was a fake. It was all pumped up, shunned. The I lived in, that I could it. The child was crooked and murdering and it was the man You can't save me.
0: Quiet, Weber. Step over I here. Know I don't want
2: to. I don't want to die. I do want to
0: die. Step over here. <laughs>
1: I don't want to die. Put your hands
2: behind you. No, don't die, my friend. I don't want to hang.
0: There. That'll hold you, (laughs) you whimpering coward. (laughs) Don't you want to put this rope around your neck?
2: That lover is set to save me. Don't hang me yet. (laughs) That rope's too tight.
3: You're hurting me.
1: Shut up. All set, Sheriff Keenan.
0: In just a moment, we can hear the concluding facts on our program. Incidentally, just a reminder, on your way to work in the morning, drop around for that tank full of real-grandly craft, the gasoline of real police car performance. And if you're in need of an oil change, ask for Leolube, the motor oil that engine heat and speed can't break down. Real lube can't get gritty, can't be diluted, can't be substituted, because it is sold only in refinery steel cans, never in bulk. Adolf Weber was convicted after one of the most sensational cases in the history of California. He was sentenced to die, and on the morning of September 6, he was hanged in Coleman Prison. His was another crime that failed to pay.
1: is calling all cars, attention all cars to cancellation on broadcast 260 regarding a murder and a fire. Suspect in this case was hanged. That is all, Marmond.
0: This is your of Frederick Lindsay, bidding you good night for Rio Grande. Next week at this time, Rio Grande will present the case of the rasping voice. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.